Are there some people in your life that you find always misunderstand you and what your intentions are? We all have people in our lives that are so easy to get along with and those that always seem to question our ideas or our approach to an initiative. Here's the thing. It may have nothing to do with you and everything to do with having different communication styles. Differences in communication styles, if appreciated, can be the basis of strong relationships and strong teams. But if not understood or appreciated, communication style differences can tear relationships and teams apart. For this episode, I invited a friend who loves the topics of communication and perspective to join me in an episode series. There are five areas of communication we're going to cover, and we're starting with communication styles and how to adapt them. Let me tell you a little bit about Lene before I bring her on. Lene Ramondino is a talent management director who is a genius at unlocking potential while improving organizational effectiveness and efficiencies. She is a strategic and an empathetic professional who sees her purpose in life as advocating for people. Lene makes a difference by challenging leaders to be their best self while understanding that their responsibility is to foster future leaders and develop their navigation skills. This has become a passion due to the lack of leadership she has received throughout her career and why she hosts a bi-weekly leadership development workshop dedicated to coaching other leaders within her organization. In this, she leverages an uncanny ability to identify the root cause or specific behavior that will enhance relationships, performance, and development. Lene's certifications include Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, Situational Leadership, Development Dimensions International Leadership Facilitator, and Succession Planning and Talent Development. Now you can see why I was eager to have these conversations with Lene. She eats, sleeps, breathes, lives leadership development, communication, and bringing out the best in others. Now in this episode, Lene and I chatted about what it means to adapt your communication style, why it's important to adapt your style and not abdicate your style, the four different communication styles based on the DISC indicator and best model, which communication styles are more prevalent and you may find yourself outnumbered. And for those of you who do, when you hear the stats, you, you'll probably be like, oh, that's why. Uh, and lastly, how to develop the ability to adapt your communication style. you are new to the Women Taking the Lead podcast, hello and welcome. I am Jody Flynn. I am the CEO and founder of Women Taking the Lead, a leadership development company that works with organizations and boards to close the performance gap by attracting, developing, and successfully promoting more women into senior levels of leadership. I help organizations realize these benefits through coaching, consulting, leadership development programs, and keynotes. If we are not already connected on LinkedIn, please send me an invitation to connect. You can find me directly at linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash Jody Flynn, or you can search for Jody Flynn on the platform. 
I'm very active on LinkedIn, so I should be at or near the top of the search results. Be sure to add a note to the invitation, letting me know you're a listener of the podcast. I would love to connect with you and get to know you better. Now, let's bring on Lene. Welcome to the Women Taking the Lead podcast, Lene. Hello, Jody. How are you? I am well, and thank you for being here. And for those of you who are listening, let me give you a little bit of background on this episode. I met Lene, gosh, I don't even know when it was that you first reached out to me, but it was an email just full of life, full of spirit. And you were talking about how you were interested in being on podcasts, potentially starting podcasts, wanting to have a conversation about the potential of us doing something together and collaborating. And we actually got off track and then just ended up like forming a friendship. Like we got on our first Zoom call and we're just like, chat, 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 chat. And from the first call at the end of it, we were like, okay, that's it. We're friends. Like, well, like, okay, let's let's schedule the next call. Let's keep this conversation going. Um, and I just so, you know, just want to let everyone know, I just so admire the spirit you have. I know you say the same of me. I, th- I think this is going to be one of those dittos, but you're so knowledgeable and experienced, but you bring such warmth and caring mm-hmm. to your work and to developing others that I was like, it took us a little while to land on something and think about, well, what is it we want to do together? Because at first, like when we were coming up with ideas, like the options were endless and that got a yeah. little overwhelming, <laughs> <laughs> but we did, we did rein it in and we decided to do an episode series on communication because we are both like love this topic. I know you have a lot to say on it. And in the framework of my um, leadership operating system inventory, there there's 25 different questions that fall into five different categories, communication being one. And I was thinking earlier today, like, oh my gosh, why did, why did I leave communication to the last (laughs) one? But I know whatever came last, I would have said, why did I leave this category to the last one? But I think the universe conspired because you are such an expert and you're so passionate on this topic. We're going to get into the nuances of communication, but the first area of communication that we decided to focus on was adapting your communication style to Mm -hmm. others. So maybe, um, maybe I'm diving in too quickly. Maybe for a moment we should talk about what is communication? Like, what are we talking about when we mean communication? I have my definition and understanding of it. What, and I'll share it in a moment, but what, what is yours, Lenny, if I'm not putting you on the spot too much? Well, you know, I think both of us don't mind that I'm, I'm good with that. And I'm so grateful to be here and thank you for your kind words. I will say that there is uh, communication to me is somebody's approach to getting messages across to another human being or multiple people. And uh, we all have it. We all have a different approach. And uh, some of it's just in our innate way of doing, in our innate way of communicating. But I think that that is what it means to me. Yes. Okay. I'm going to add on that because I totally agree. When we're talking about 
a good communicator Mm -hmm. or good communication. To me, what that means is not only were you good at getting your idea out there, or I'll leave it at that idea out there, but it was received in the way you intended it for to be received Received. because we can all talk all day long or write all day long and post on social media all day long. But the question is, are people receiving it the way we intended for them to receive it? Perfect. I a hundred percent agree with you. Okay. Now let's get into what it means to adapt your communication style. Cause you said we all have different styles and preferences for how we communicate. And we're going to get into like uh, models that explain all of this and, and various styles, but what did, what does it mean to adapt your communication style? So for me, it's exactly what you just said is, is it being received the way that you want it to be. So sometimes we, if we stay in our most comfortable state of being when we communicate, it's always going to be heard for different people that communicate in different styles, right? So how do we, how do we support our messaging being received clearly to people that are not the same as us? And so we have to adapt it. We have to kind of tweak it to our audience or that person. And so uh, that's what it means to me. I completely agree. And now there are going to be some people who are going to say instantly, like the instant objection that comes up when, whenever I first introduce the topic of adapting communication styles, because I do work, I've done workshops on this is somebody will say, well, does this mean I have to change who I am or change, you know, like (laughs) <laughs> I know, I know you have your opinion on this. I do. <laughs> yes. So when somebody says that, like, does this mean I have to change who I am or be inauthentic or a chameleon? What's your take on that? You know, it, absolutely not. I think that we, as you know, and you've heard me say often that it, we have to be our most authentic self. Uh, and there's a way to be yourself and identify a few little tweaks in the way that you're communicating. And I think it's really important that people know it's not, we're not, we shouldn't be trying to change somebody. And, and it could be poor leadership or poor, just the way that's even being communicated to people when we want them to adapt, right? And so I think we all come with some kind of this thought of, oh, you want me to be something other than what I am. And instead, it's embracing who you are And by being more self-aware in who you are and learning, there's only really four different, there's four styles of communication and, um, and there's nuances, right? And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, there's certainly nuances to that, but it's important that we know that what each of those styles need so that as we, as we discern who is communicating with what style, we know how to give them what they need. Yes. And okay, so let's get into why adapting our communication styles is important. And one of the first things right off the bat for me is um, if we want people to, you know, hear what we're saying, right, and receive the information in the way that we want them to receive it, we really have to, like the way I think about it is we have to keep people's stress levels down, Mm-hmm. And if we are interacting with someone in a way that is not their preferred style, 
-hmm. and they don't like it, we're going to stress them out. So Mm -hmm. for instance, if I'm fast paced and I like to get things done quickly and I like quick conversation, I want to have a quick conversation and I want to walk away, Mm -hmm. but the person I'm talking to moves more slowly and needs to ask questions to understand. And it takes like, it's there. And I think people, sometimes people who are fast paced misinterpret people who are slow paced as being literally like almost dim witted or slow, but they're not, they, their minds are moving quickly, but they're processing information. So I'm, if I'm moving fast and someone needs to process information a little more slowly, I'm going to stress them out and they're not going to be able to hear what I'm saying and they're going to get overwhelmed and they're going to get shut down or they're just going to get mad at me and disregard Mm -hmm. what I'm saying. So it's important to, for, especially for me who likes to move quickly when I'm talking with someone who needs more warning or more information or clarification, Mm -hmm. I have to slow myself down just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that they can hear what I'm saying. So that for me is like off, right off the bat, why this is so important. I couldn't agree more. I, you know, you and I are very much built from the same cloth. So we both are a little more bold in our communication style and a little more fast and uh, quick witted to be able to come off the cuff and we'll probably make some decisions pretty quickly. But the beauty of this and being aware of all of these styles and why it's important is that when you surround yourself with all the different styles, you typically end up with a better end result, whatever that is, because you have people that are coming to, uh, to the, I guess, to this way of being and and showing up with all these different brainstorming ideas. And the more you can touch on each one of these styles, the better end result you'll have. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then secondly, you mentioned this before, it's important to know your own style Mm -hmm. so that you know when you are flexing your style Mm -hmm. based Mm -hmm. on your audience. So important um, because you have to be aware of that first to then even know how to adapt. So to you and me, what we just said, I think the beauty of we're bold, we're fast paced. So we already are self-aware enough to know that a good many of others that we would interact with are more methodical thinkers and we need to slow it down a little bit or give them more time to process things. Okay. And so let's get into the different communication styles because we've been hinting at this for a while. Now I'm I'm familiar with the DIS model, but you are familiar with a model. We're going to kind of lead with that because you're familiar with a model that is complementary to mm-hmm. the DISC model and actually like almost like aligns, it aligns right up, but you have a different acronym. So tell us about that. So there's the best communication styles. So similar to DISC, um, it really just, it it translates exactly to the same. B is for bold, where in DISC, D is for dominance, right? E is um, in best is for um, expressive, whereas I in the DISC is influential. So uh, the S is sympathetic, uh, and it's steadiness and disc and the T is technical and then conscientious in the disc. So the best communication, bold, expressive, sympathetic, technical. Okay. So tell us a little bit more about those styles. What's, what's kind of the overarching themes for these styles? So similar to what you and I just said with the bold style, we know we are fast paced 
But what's important to know with bolds or the dominant style is it's that we also are task oriented, but we don't want to get into the details. We want to focus on the results. We're more about challenging ourselves. And um, so it's important that um, I'll, I'll, I have so much to say about how we approach each other with these styles, but I'm going to let me stay strictly to what they bring and what their needs are. So really the bold and dominant is end result. Uh, expressive, they focus on people and they're, the, you're, they're your networkers, right? They are the people that you can put in any room. They're somewhat of a chameleon because of that, because of how fast and, and they can be on their toes. Uh, the sympathetics, they're your steady eddies. They are consistent uh, they like to follow a plan or be aware of what that plan is. Um, and they are your nurturers in the group. They are, they're very focused on people as well. Um, and they're a little more methodical about that approach and more in their value system than potentially an expressive is. And then your technicals or conscientious and disc is more procedural, tactical. They love the details. They're your, they are the builders of platforms. And um, so they love policies uh, and procedures yes, yes, and rules. They <laughs> Checklists. Be, yes. They are the <laughs> hardest people in the room sometimes to change opinions on because they live in such a fact-based world yeah. that tell me the statistics, tell me the facts and prove it to me. Yeah. Yes. So I have a quick, funny story to kind of, um, explain the differences and get into ex some of exactly what we're talking about. So I took the disc a while ago, but even before I took that, the example I'm giving was before I had any knowledge of communication styles. It's only when I started understanding communication styles, I look back on this story and laugh. So <laughs> I am ID. So I am influence leading with dominance as a secondary, no surprise there. So with the best, it's uh, expressive and then following up with bold. You too, that's no, no, no surprise. I'm a tie. <laughs> no surprise there. Okay. So given um, the, you know, the overviews that you just gave, I'm very much like as a leader, I want my team to be like, enjoying their work, working together, like we're having fun, we're doing it together, but I like to get work done. I like to like resolve things quickly. Like if there's a problem, let's figure it out. Let's move on, you know, and kind of give it to me quick. Cause you know, let's get back, you know, cause I am that type of person where I'm like, let's get back to the good things. Yeah. So if we've got challenges, let's all work together to overcome it. Let's get it the work done and then we can have fun again. Yeah. So I had a boss who was, the technical or conscientious focus mm -hmm. style. So when something would go wrong, he would, and this was at a time when my cubicle was like right in the middle of my team's cubicles. So like anyone who came to visit me in my cubicle, like anyone who wanted to hear our conversation could hear it. Mm -hmm. And so my boss came to me in my cubicle and he, we were talking about like this thing that happened, like somebody made a mistake and, you know, how do we prevent this from happening in the future? And without telling me, he went into playing devil's advocate. Oh, uh, yeah. 
And he got me so riled up, right? Because I'm high energy. I'm yeah. fast paced. He was like, I had a solution. He was trying to poke holes in it without telling me he was doing it with good intentions. He just started like tearing it apart. And I was so angry by the time he left my cubicle. So he leaves. And then a couple of my team members come around the corner and they poke their head in. They're like, why does he do that to you? <laughs> And I finally talked with a woman who she and I, she used to report to him like a couple of years before I started reporting to him and she and I got along and I called her one night and I was like, he's like doing this and da, da, da. Oh, she's like, oh, and she started laughing. She's like, what you need to know about him is he just wants to leave work and not think about work. He doesn't want to lose sleep over work. So he wants everything to be resolved. Like he's coming with good, like she explained it to me without, and she didn't even have any understanding of the disc styles or the best styles. And she kind of broke down his personality for me. Mm -hmm. So I said, oh, so I was able to go into work the next day and say, hi, can you do me a favor? When you're going to play devil's advocate, just tell me, tell mm -hmm. me you're doing it. And then I can play along because if you don't tell me, I think you're trying to undermine me mm -hmm. and my ideas. And he was, he laughed. He was just like, oh, oh, he's like, of course he's like, I trust you. And there's a reason why we put you in the position you're in. He's like, you're doing great. Why would you even doubt it? I go, cause, because, right. But right. it was like, I couldn't hear what he was saying because I was getting so mad. Yeah. You know, yeah. and yeah. he, and he was just trying to like, get to like the best idea or make sure that my idea was bulletproof, that sort of thing. But that's what can happen if we don't understand where people are coming from and we're not adapting our styles to other yeah. people, because you can play devil's advocate. You just got to warn people or ask permission. Is right. it okay well, if it I play devil's advocate? Building on the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> And so I love that you did that, but not everybody is as strong as you that would have gone in and felt comfortable to have that conversation to create that foundation so that he could adapt a bit for you. But you kind of gave him the roadmap, which a lot of people don't do and a lot of people can't figure out. You were able to be self-aware enough to be able to say, hey, I need this from you so mm. that I'm not triggered. Yeah. And that's hard. You're exactly right. And in this scenario, we both were lucky that we had a good relationship. Now, if I didn't have a good relationship right. with him, like if, if we were not on good terms and I didn't feel safe and I didn't trust him, you yeah. know, I probably, I may not have at that stage in my career, I mm. may have just sucked it up yep. and but just tried to deal with it. The trust is the key. And, and you want to, you want to get to that. The thing is when you are a new leader, uh, you know, you and I often talk about women in leadership as it is and that whole thing and how women show up in general to feel comfortable and confident in their skin to have these tough conversations and people in general. But I think that there's something that this um, makes me think about with also knowing that our styles, yours and mine, uh, I didn't know we were so evenly matched there. But um, we are, we're the minority in the communication style. So we've got diversity and inclusion that we talk a lot about DEI. And yet the one thing that isn't communicated most is 
communication and the diverse nature that that creates and the challenges it creates for people when they don't come together and have these tougher conversations or know how to meet people where they're at. So I love that you had that with your boss, but we, we don't always have that to your point. Do you have a challenge to share and would be willing to share with others? There's so much that can be gained by listening to what another woman is going through and to understanding the strategy that she will implement to overcome the challenge. I've seen this in the group that is currently going through the Positive Intelligence Program. One woman shares a particular struggle she's having, and at least two others, if not all of the other women in the group, acknowledge they have had or currently have the same challenge. It's validating for all and beneficial to talk about the approaches that have been tried and which help the situation. For this reason, I would love to do more on-air coaching calls on this podcast. If you're a woman leader who's been promoted or taken on a new role in the last year, I invite you to apply to be on the Women Taking the Lead podcast. You will be completely anonymous, so you won't need to worry about anyone you work with listening to you talk about your challenges. You will gain insights and strategies to overcome any challenges you've been faced with at work and other women listening to your episode will learn from your experience and gain insights that they can use at work. You can find the link that will take you to the application in the episode description in your podcast app, or if you're listening on the Women Taking the Lead website, it will be at the bottom of the episode page. If you've been considering, I say do it. Submit the application. You and I can chat. At the very least, you will have explored the opportunity. Just for the um, the benefit of everybody, why don't you and I go through each of the styles, maybe give a few more characteristics of them and maybe some pros and cons of the communication style, like what's great and where it can get you in trouble if you're not flexing your style. Okay. Yeah. You, let's alternate maybe. Um, oh, okay. I'll, I'll start with bold or you let me know. You but go I for think it. With bolds, again, um, you and I demonstrate that every time we open our mouth, but um, just we're, 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 hmm, we're very direct. And I think that in some cases people might um, perceive that directness depending on their communication style is blunt Mm -hmm. uh, so there's the good and then the bad with direct communicators or bold communicators. We often get um, we we get who they are. There's no we don't hide right as a bold. We don't hide who we are. We're going to say what we need when we need it, how we need it. And um, and that can unfortunately be off putting for some that don't understand it because we're task driven versus people driven in that mindset. It is. Um, again, it, it looks like it could appear that we don't care about people because mm -hmm. we're more about the end result to a task. How are we going to achieve it and what's it going to take to get us there and let's get there. And so uh, the people nuances may not always play a, a place in the forefront, and mm -hmm. but it couldn't be further from the truth. I think bolds do care. It's just they show up differently. Right. They lead with I, how I'm going to show I'm I care is by getting this job done. done. Right. Yeah. Okay. So if you are not 
the bold or dominant style, but you want to flex your style for the bold to the bold or dominant person, mm-hmm. um, dominant support person. What are some things that you would do either verbally or in written communication? The most important thing for a bold is to get to the point. A bold wants to know the end result. And if they have any questions about the details that got you there, they'll ask you. So really be thinking about if it's an email communication bulleted, if you can bullet, um, it's better, uh, be more concise and clear, direct to the point. Uh, But it's really about don't tell me how you got there. Like, just tell me what was the end result and where you need my support if you couldn't get to that. Yep. Perfect. Um, There was something else I was going to say about this. Oh, in emails, bullet points. Bullet points. Yep. Just get to it. Just really make it clear. Small, short emails. Don't send a long email. You'll stress them out or they'll refuse to read it. Um, So that's, that's along the lines of getting right to the point and being clear. Okay. The expressive influence style. I'll do this one. Um, this is, this is my, my lead. Uh, so this style, um, is both fast paced and people focused, right? Mm -hmm. You said they're the networkers. They can be the life of the party. They like to keep things like high energy and light. Uh, they are, they have an easy time, uh, chatting with just about anybody, Mm -hmm. you know, so they, they're not going to have trouble like introducing themselves or, or like adapting into what am I thinking of here? Kind of like onboarding and becoming part of a team. They're, Mm -hmm. they're good at that. And then the other thing is they're also very persuasive. They can Mm -hmm. tell stories and, and things of that nature. So definitely these are the people on your team who are kind of helping to keep other people's energy up. Right. The the bold is also high energy, fast paced, but they're more focused on the work. The I people will be looking, looking around to make sure everyone's having a good time. Mm-hmm. Where it can fall down a little bit is um, here is like what can get in their way is they're not if you're not recognizing the needs of other people, like not everyone's looking to have a good time all the time. (laughs) You know, some people like want to get the work done, want to get focused, don't want to fool around, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And they can come across to some other people as being um, a little um, inauthentic in their cheerfulness or, you know, why are you always peppy? Why are you always up? This can't be my life. You hear it, right? Like, oh, you're so bubbly. And can you really trust that? And, but it is their innate way of being and the fact that they're not known for always being so detail oriented, right? Because they are more people focused than that. That's a, that's a thing that they would need to work on a lot more. And they can also be misinterpreted as being a little bit flaky. Mm -hmm. Like, they, they know what's going on. They're just mm-hmm. cheerful, right? The mm-hmm. cheerfulness gets misinterpreted. Yeah. So with the I style, if you are trying to adapt your style, do you have a team member or somebody you need to really communicate well with who is the E or the, the expressive or the influence style? Um, what, what's he important here is warmth and energy, mm-hmm. right? So, um, you know, 
saying it a, a little bit quicker, focusing on the people aspect of things, focusing on like values. And then in email, I always say smiley faces and exclamation points go a long way. Yeah, totally. Expressive is the way. So, you know, also that that's a good point too. the expressive, like be willing to like let down your guard a little bit, open up, be, you know, be personable, that sort of thing. This person is looking um, for that, that type of connect. They want to connect with the people that they're working with. It's not all about the work. Okay. So you are next with the S's. All righty. Sympathetic or steadiness, uh, depending on which one. They, I think we touched on this a little earlier, but they like a kind of an even pace. They're very um, methodical in not just the way that they think, but in processes. So they will need just a little bit more. um, They, they like structure. But the, the opportunity or the, the, the value that they bring, it's not the opportunity, the value that they bring is the people component. So they are, as I mentioned, nurturers by nature. They're very empathetic. Uh, they will typically come to the equation with what about in person or how will this affect a person mm-hmm. or what's the impact? Because they, if expressives, you mentioned, have a value system Jody, the sympathetics go even deeper into that value system, um, but also to their own personal value system. So it's really important that we know uh, sympathetics are already really warm in nature. They have, you can see a sympathetic a mile away. And, um, and so you can just tell they carry that way of being and they're, they're very um, just innately kind and uh, warm in the, on mm-hmm. the front end. So on the opportunity side for sympathetics, it is also some of the details and um, how we want to um, how how we would want to support them best is to remind them there's both sides. You know, there's the business element. And so it can get in their way a little bit when we're so focused on people that we might forget about uh, the outcome can't be solely based on the impact of a person, but might be financial or, you know, important to a business. And so on the, I think the most important thing for uh, sympathetics is uh, to to kind of gear with them is to slow, slow your pace down enough to where we're being respectful and mindful of their methodical approach. Mm-hmm. And that we do lean in when they're talking about people, because it doesn't matter what business or even personal relationships are important. People are important. So it's it's always important to hear their voice, but also being prepared to hear, to, to listen, but to also take the conversation to the impact of what something might have with people and not just be so business focused. Would you add to that, Jody? I was going to actually add something that you had said in our conversation, as we were talking about these styles, like something that the S style struggles with is conflict. Oh, well, I wasn't sure if we were there yet, because that's a whole, that's a whole conversation in itself. But yes, because, you know, when we get to when you when we finish this out with the technical and conscientious, it's going to be important to understand how these do con- conflict 
but I know we're talking about how we can show up for them, but each person is going to, it's going to, they're going to require to show up a little differently. So that's why it's so important to first know where you are in these communication styles, but then um, knowing who is your polar opposite in these styles mm-hmm. and how that does really create conflict. So with the sympathetic, I think, um, you know, it's important to know that they, again, if you're coming at them with some kind of constructive criticism or uh, even just a situation that may not be directed to them, but they're a part of trying to come up with outcomes or solutions, it's to give them that time because uh, to take things in, but to use a softer approach uh, so that if that you understand that they really do avoid that conflict. And so when you're mm-hmm. talking about negative things, it's how do we approach them more um, in a positive way? Yeah. And they, they have a hard time. Um, I'll say this, like I, I have a friend who, who is the uh, sympathetic steadiness style and she's wonderful. She will remember all of the birthdays, all of the anniversaries. If you mentioned something in passing three months ago, she remembers it and brings it up, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that. But she also has a hard time giving critical feedback or even like whether that's at work, but even in her personal life with people who are stepping on her toes. Right. And that's, it's so important that she, that she knows that and that you, by you sharing this about her, that's what's interesting is because people don't, as sympathetics, they're, again, they have, they've they've just got such a beautiful spirit that they don't just keep it, keep it positive. Keep it. Can I tell you a quick story about my mom? She might kill me because I'm going to say this, but I call my mom, Mary Poppins because she's a sympathetic and so I don't do it all the time, but it is, it's important. She knows she just always wants to be in this beautiful place and she's happy there. And God, she is amazing and loving. And so I, when I'm in my bold state, she ends up getting into that sympathetic and, um, oh, everything is just good. And I'm like, no, it's not, not right now. It's not. And so when she goes to that flowery place, I have to sometimes say, okay, Mary Poppins, because you know, she's a spoonful of sugar. And yeah. so um, I have to say, can we curve it? I, I need time to digest. And then I'll call you back. But I, so I've learned to call her Mary Poppins is our code word that <laughs> we're on different <laughs> sides of this equation right now. So we are seeing things right. differently. Yes. yes. Okay. So the technical or conscientious focus. And before I dive in here, I do want to make a distinction because it, it's really starting to become apparent. Um, the first two we talked about, bold and dominance, expressive and influensive, they're more fast paced. Mm-hmm. Whereas the sympathetic steadiness, technical, conscientious, they are slower paced. And you said it like they're more methodical. methodical. And the other thing that popped into my mind is they have, they have more questions, right? Mm -hmm. They're they're looking at the deep, they're thinking about the details in ways that the other styles don't like to think about the details. So that's part of the reason why their minds are moving quickly, but they're processing more detailed information. And so that's part of the reason why with these styles, it's great if you can get them information ahead of a meeting so that they can read and process it. They can formulate their questions. They might even be able to answer some of their questions before the meeting, that sort of thing. So 
the technical conscientious style, like we, we kind of like, like, <laughs> like threw them out of the closet right from the get go. They're their policies and procedures, checklists, like they like things to be controlled, mm-hmm. right? They, they like to know like that there's a guaranteed outcome. They like to ask questions. They're on the same page with all of us in terms of we all want to be successful. Yeah. Right. But we're all going about it a different way with this style. They want to assess all of the risks and make Mm -hmm. sure that we've accounted for all of that. We're in a good place and we know what's coming at us. I I call these people the ones who keep us from jumping off the cliff. Right. Whereas the (laughs) D and I style or the B and E style, we might go headlong and be like, this is a great idea. Let's go and stand by it no matter what. passionately. These are the people who are going, whoa, 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 whoa. Where's the money going to come from? Who's going to work on this? What about the technology that we're going to have to invest in? Or, you know, what if this blows up? You know, have we tested it? Have we proven it? Right. And so this is where sometimes some of the conflict can come in with like the faster pace and the slower pace, because the slower pace wants to assess risk. They want to ask questions. And, you know, the, the DIBE styles, we just want to go. This is a great idea. It has so much possibility. Why are you raining on our parade? Right. Whereas this style may not feel appreciated if they're not allowed to contribute in the way that they contribute, which is assessing risk and making sure we are on track steady as she goes, moving in the right direction. Now, the area of opportunity for this style is sometimes they can question things relentlessly to the point where like it grinds everything to a halt or they want that 100% guarantee that this is going to be successful when most things are not 100% guaranteed. We have to take some level of risk. And so if you're adapting your your style to someone who is the technical or the conscientious style, again, like I said earlier, giving them as much information, like this is what I did with my boss back in the day, the, the devil's advocate boss. If I had any like backup data or information, I would email it to him ahead of the meeting. We would set an agenda. I might, you know, send some questions along that I was going to ask him because they're not good on the spot. If you ask Mm -hmm. them a question out of left field, they may need to like halt the meeting and then go figure it out and then follow up with another meeting. So the more information and like the more like you can let them ask their questions, be patient, but also maybe set a deadline, right? Here's how much time we have to consider all of these. And then we have to make a decision. Anything you would add? No, uh, no, you, you nailed it. I think, um, you know, giving them the space to give the details that they need to give, but then them also owning how many details is too much and how many questions are too much to not set themselves apart from people. And every style has that every single one, right? Right. Yes. Oh, absolutely. There's always, every style has a point where they're like, why are we talking about this? 
why are we going here? What, what is going on? But it's, it's good to know. And if you have an under a, a good understanding of these styles, you can kind of guess you don't know a hundred percent for sure. And the, and everyone's style is like, a li- like you said, there are nuances. Everyone's mm-hmm. a little bit different, but if you have a general understanding of how somebody typically operates and you pick up on this by the way they communicate, you know, yeah. how do they talk? How, what are their emails look like when they're just being themselves? Like what's the style that's coming? And then, you know, okay, if something's really important that I need to communicate or decide with this person, okay, this is their style. Now I know I need to adapt my style a little bit. If you were to take, um, let's pretend there's a pie chart and there's, you've got four pieces and there's two pieces on the top and two at the bottom. Your bold and expressive are at the top and your technical and your sympathetic are at the bottom. So do you, what you said and what we've been saying is you've got your fast pace, which are your bold and expressive and your technical and your, or your sympathetic or your S's and your um, technical are at the bottom, which are methodical. On the left side of the equation, you have your task based, task oriented folks, which are your bold and your technical On the right side, expressive, sympathetics, people-oriented. So what I tend to tell people is ask yourself two questions to identify who you're working with. It's as simple as, are they fast-paced or methodical? And maybe we could add this somewhere to the little pie chart, Jody. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as you have that, if they're fast-paced, you know they're a B or or an an E, right? So then are they technical or people And so do they come at things with always asking you questions about impact and meaning for people? Then they, you know, that they're fast paced, people oriented, expressive. So if you ask yourself those two questions, you pretty well can determine who you're chatting with and how to flex. Mm -hmm. And there's always blends of this, but you also had some percentages of how many people tend to fall into all of these styles. So I, it blew my mind. So go. So, (laughs) and well, this always fascinates me because if I can share my own personal story in this and, and certainly because now with you and us knowing we're, um, we are bold, expressive, that really sympathetics rule the world. (laughs) And so (laughs) you have about 69% of individuals that have done the disc theory are uh, show up as sympathetic. And another 17% are in the conscientious or technical world of the best. And so that is 86% of the population that has done a pretty widely used tool. And so when we look at that, we look at the dominant or bold styles are about 3% of the population and your influential and or expressive are 11%. So your fast paced individuals are already not the norm for people. So uh, sympathetics, what this says to us is sympathetics and technicals have a really a bigger opportunity because they're more accustomed to working with like-minded individuals than with those individuals that are bold or expressive. Mm-hmm. And so when you when you have that and flexing your style, it it it's harder for them to do so because they don't have to do it as frequently. Yes. And then for the bolds and the expressives to be met where they are or to try to navigate this world with a lot of individuals that are 
opposite or in polar opposite in some cases, um, again, this is where conflict comes into play and how having a relationship and getting to a trusting place with people to understand all the needs of your team members and your leaders so that we're, we're all flexing together to support versus, you know, again, these this isn't to label people and this is to, to formulate a foundation of understanding that a bold is not trying to be so bold or direct that they're trying to impact people. It's just their way of being. And so learning to respect and understand that is also key while also trying to meet them where they're at. And often when I would do workshops that, you know, for DISC, it would always come up like somebody would say like, oh, you mean my boss isn't just being a jerk? Like he just has a different style than I do. And then you would use a different word than jerk. But it it would like, and the room would laugh and I would be like, exactly, exactly. That (laughs) is the point. Like nobody is setting out to drive you crazy, Mm -hmm. right? Or to work against you, you know, because like, I think sometimes we get that feeling like, oh, this person is always against me when likely they have a different communication style, a different preference. And the other thing I was thinking of is you were throwing out these um, figures, I think because, you know, I'm laughing a little bit because you and I are in the minority, you know, with our ID styles, you know, we're in the 14%. And I think because of my personality. I tend to attract other women who are similar to me. Not all of my clients are I or D. You know, I have clients who are in the C style, lots of clients in the S style, no surprise there. And some in the C style, but the women who are in that I, D style, whether or not they take the disc, you tend to pick up on it, you know, by what they're sharing and saying, they will often say things like, nobody in my life understands me. Nobody gets... (laughs) Nobody gets me. I'm so alone. And I was like, welcome. Please (laughs) allow me to to share with you that there are hundreds and hundreds of women just like you. You haven't met them yet, you know, and and finding ways for me to get them in community with other women. You've been inspirational for me. And I I think I've said that is just again, this isn't about being like minded. This is about navigating when you're not. But there is something to be said that when you know that you are a minority of anything, that that there are more of you and that there are people to help you navigate this world and they have lenses and ways that they can um, potentially share with you. So, the, you know, it's again, it's important to embrace that, too, but important for us it, when you are a leader it's important that you surround yourself by all of these types. They're hard to us. They're harder for leaders to manage. We tend to want to go to our comfort zone, but it is so important that again, for the end result and just for the brainstorming and even to grow your own abilities, uh, it's good to surround yourself with people that are not like you too. Yes. Yes. It definitely, it's validating, you know, yeah. that when you know you're not alone and we're, we're, you know, there are always going to be people in our life who are, do not share our communication style. And so there is going to be some adapting and we know who they are. They're the ones (laughs) 
we we might yeah. struggle with or we know we pause we think about how am i going to approach this how am i going to say this so they can receive it well so you know for the for those of you who are listening you're already doing this this just gives you a little more information so just to wrap up lene we wanted to talk about you know how someone can learn how to adapt their communication style and some of this we've already mentioned the first one being just be curious about how people around you are communicating and you went over like the pie chart and how to think about it. And we can get a visual of that and put it on the show notes webpage that goes along uh, yeah. with this. But you, but you also had the um, best style and do, do you know where people can find that assessment? Because you and I were talking about this. The re- part of the reason why we were talking about the best, even though the disc is more well-known is there's a price difference. So if yeah. you want to take the disc assessment, it's about $72 right now. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the best, when you shared that with me, I think I clicked on the link and it was like six or $7. Yeah. Like difference. Yeah. Very, uh, a huge difference. And so hopefully if I ever use um, them in the near future, again, they will give me a huge discount for plugging them, but bestinstruments.net um, is where they would want to go for that. And, and yes, it's just, it's the exact same thing as the disc, same mm-hmm. kind of format, same kind of choosing between four things to best circle, which one is, is the one you feel is your most comfortable state of being. And so, uh, we can put that also out there, but it, it is a great tool just to be m- more self-aware that then allows you to learn where you need to. I agree with that. And I am also going to include a link in the show notes uh, webpage as well. I found an article that really did a good job giving an overview of the four styles of leadership communication. So that will be in the show notes and you'll be able to find the link to that. If you're on a mobile device, you'll be able to find it in the podcast app in the, in the description of the episode. And if you're listening on the webpage, that will be towards the bottom. Lene, anything else you would like to add about adapting your communication style? No, I think we could probably go on and on. This is such <laughs> needed. This is so needed in just in everything. I mean, when we talk about uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, I said at the beginning, we tend to neglect the fact that communication is one of the hardest things we deal with as humans every day. And so learning to appreciate the and, and valuing which each style brings is just as important to a leader as it is to learn how to adapt your style. So it's a lot and it's not easy, but I think these tools can only support people better, Jody, and by us putting it in here and having them kind of check their own style and, and knowing where to lean in more. But again, I think the, the, the biggest takeaway would be to allow people to be their most authentic self when possible learning that you are valuing what they bring to the table and what their strengths are too. What were your takeaways from my conversation with Lene? I would love to hear your thoughts. Did you suddenly see the different communication patterns in yourself and those around you? Can you see how you can adapt your style to improve the communication and relationship with another? Head over to LinkedIn to share your thoughts and takeaways on the post corresponding to this episode. I would love to hear what stood out most for you. And 
If your last promotion has you experiencing and confronting challenges you haven't faced before, consider working with me. I would love to support you through this transition, help you get your bearings and feeling confident in your leadership once again. You can find a link to schedule a time to chat with me in the episode description. If you're listening through a mobile device, that link will be in your podcast app. And if you are listening through the Women Taking the Lead website, the link will be toward the bottom of the episode webpage. As always, I hope this was of value to you and here's to your success.